Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, uh, Julia Williams. How are you doing tonight? I am doing so, so well, Corey. How are you, man? Good, good. I'm doing well as well. Brent, how are you over there? I'm doing well as well. Good. Awesome. Well, Julia, yeah. we uh, we were just talking about how I met you at Second City, and I think it was the Improv for Actors class, right? Wasn't it? Yes. Did we have one and yeah. two together? I think so. I think because a lot of us were in the second class together, and we were all like, when are we allowed to audition for conservatory? Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> and we were all annoyed because we, we, didn't, we weren't sure of the rules yet or something, and it was very... Uh, but right. we, we all eventually... I think most of us eventually got into conservatory yeah at different I think times so. different places yeah yeah I, know, I went through i know i went through uh i know warren was in my conservatory class from ifa uh who yes else? yeah so he was in my class <laughs> but we so but so I, when i first went to second city because i had been doing improv for I don't like 15 years at that point easily. Right. Cause I, I, I started yeah. when I was in high school and then I did comedy sports in Indianapolis. And, um, so I, I'd done quite a bit and then I moved up here and I wasn't sure what, what class to take. And I was like, okay, well, second city class level a, like the most, like, is that where that looks like where I start? So I signed up for it and I went in there and it's like, you know, the, oh. the instructor's like, okay, this is a game called zip zap zap okay and so we how this were and i was like oh my god this is so but but i have to say it was really cool because after doing it for 15 years i got to watch all of these people who had no experience in improv fall in love with it for the first time and get exposed to it for the first time and i i like it was great i was like i was like you know i was obviously more advanced than what they were doing in that class but and I only took A after that. The instructor was like, you should move, like, you should go here <laughs> for your next class. Like, I was going to say, I was like, please don't tell me you went all the way through E because that no. would be a killer. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's after that is when I went to the IFA classes. But, but it was cool that I did it for that one session because it was just, it was nice to like watch, watch a bunch of newbies like fall in love with it for the first time, you know? 
why don't they have a more of like a placement test kind of thing? You know, like I, they kind of do, Brent. Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense because when I first uh, uh, moved out there, I was like, well, I can't. I'm not taking improv A because at that point, this 2016, I've been doing improv professionally for five years. I've been taking classes for almost a decade. Like I was like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but like I got a little bit like in my head and I was like, how dare they think that I, I, Julia Williams from Maryland should be deigned to be with improv A. So I got, yeah. So I, I think I emailed somebody at, at the, uh, at the second city school. And I was like, if I have all of these like credits for lack of a better term, I was like, I've trained with, you know, Dave Rosowski, I've, I've trained with Gary Austin. I was like, I've, I've been, you know, I worked at a Renaissance festival for crying out loud. Like I know how to improvise with people. And they were like, you can take IFA one, IFA two. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. And then once I got through those classes, I was grateful. I took them. But this, at the same time, I was like, I got this audition for conservatory because there was no requirement saying that you had to take IFA one or two. I was right. like, sure. I work at Pier one imports. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know how sell that stupid easter egg that costs 25 bucks but it's not a Fabergé egg I will sell that I'll do I'll it sell that hammock you're welcome so yeah no Corey yeah, yeah. I, I do I do remember those classes because I remember we had fun because we had uh Sam Super for IFA1 yep. and then Alan Linick who went on to write for SNL and is now out in LA oh really um, I didn't know that yeah yeah I knew he would yeah he went to SNL for a year and then Every, like everybody's moving to LA because it's the right. cool thing, yeah. and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you moved to Maryland. You went back to Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? I want to go to grad school so I can support my, right. my theatrical endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's and I knew it was interesting having Sam Super because I had met him through comedy sports tournaments because I was at Indianapolis. Yes. And so I did. I did the. I played in the comedy sports tournaments in. I think 2011 and 2012. So I had met him just briefly uh, through through you know those county sports tournaments, and then yeah. I walk I walk into class and I was like, "Wait, I know this dude. Like, I think we're Facebook friends, you know." Like, oh <laughs> so then I was like, "I was like, hey man, I you know I know you through comedy sports." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So. <laughs> oh, that's so great! Yeah, no, Sam was a great teacher. I uh, I met a lot of people that knew people from where I am because I never did comedy sports out here in DC because mm-hmm. um, it was just like a little too far, and DC parking is a nightmare. Right. Um, and you got to be able to parallel park like a boss. Like you got to do it in two <laughs> seconds or like get out of you. You get out of here. Right. Worse than Chicago. Like, <laughs> oh, worse than Chicago. And DC car drivers will immediately turn into New Yorkers. Like they'll immediately turn into New Yorkers the moment they see that you can't parallel park and you're slowing traffic back right. and nobody's happy with you. And then there's like dudes in suits looking at you and you're like, are you going to shoot? Am I parking? Where am I? Right. I'm going to leave now. Right. They're, like, they're like, you, you, you tried it twice. You don't get to park now. Pull out. Like, well, like, up his briefcase and pulls out a gun. <laughs> just like, what? Is that a badge? Like, wait, 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 what is that? You know, yeah, I just expect like the Fox Mulder, like Simpsons badge all the time where it's like right. cartoon Fox Mulder, but like posing. Yeah. Right, I'm just imagining. No, I like... also have like mild like trauma from uh, my friends and I. We got lost coming back from her, uh, one friend's dad's restaurant in Crystal City, Virginia, which is right outside D.C., 
and we were driving around in circles and we were like, how the heck do we get home? And this is before GPS. And we were like, mm-hmm. we're lost. We're lost. And I'm trying to call my dad cause he's a walking, walking map of DC. And I was like, we don't know where we are. And my friend goes, Oh, let's just go through these gates. Famous last words. Um, it was the Pentagon what? and then like four cruisers <laughs> pulled up right in front of us. And we were like, Nope, Nope. Turn around, turn around. <laughs> so we're in this big SUV, like trying to like you turn around these. It was just, Oh Jesus. So you're like, you're on a list somewhere. Like they're like, I, Oh, they've got facial recognition and everything. Every parking ticket, every speeding, well, not parking ticket, speeding ticket that I've forgotten. Yeah. No, they know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, now, if only uh, Second City had had that information, they should have known who you were. <laughs> they should have known exactly like how good I am right. at <laughs> pretending to be a 16th century British person and how like important that is to modern comedy in Chicago. Right, right. But I guess not. <laughs> well, so what have you been doing in Maryland? You've, you said uh, you were getting your... Uh, going to grad school, right? And then have yes, you been just, performing yeah. or anything out there or just focusing on, on academics primarily? Uh, I actually, the moment I got back, because part of the reason I left Chicago was because I was going on auditions, and I don't know if you guys are suffering or suffered the same way, but just like going on these endless auditions, I had to even take off work, and just nothing would come of these auditions. And mm. when I did get something, I wasn't getting paid. Um, and finally, at Comedy Sports, I will not say this person's name, but I asked... Um, a teacher towards my end, the end of my time there. And I was like, I just want to see if like, I have a shot at getting onto ensemble. And I asked the teacher, I said, do you think if I audition in October, I'll get onto ensemble with comedy sports. And this person said, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so this year. And I said, okay, just spitballing. Like why? And this person said, I don't think you're ready to perform for that large of a crowd. And I've been performing for like a crowd of hundreds Right. outside with you know <laughs> competing with bagpipes pretty successfully for like years at this point and i was like you know what i don't need this right. so i you know i was i'd been kicking around grad school for years and so i moved back to maryland in november of 2019 which was it's been 84 years <laughs> you know it's just been so long since then and i got a job as a librarian and i was like okay grad school is a librarian that's what i want to do and then i rejoined my old short form team the comedy pigs uh, we perform with the out, out of the uh, maryland ensemble theater in frederick maryland which is about an hour northwest of washington dc if anyone's looking for like fun comedy we're so funny um, <laughs> i think it's cool that you're i like librarians man i think they're cool people yeah. is, that where you're, is that where you're working at right now you work at like a library yeah i work nice. at a public library I work at the one actually very close to my house my commute is less than two minutes <laughs> yeah um but i yeah no so i was able to do uh, improv again, and it was like a great few months. I was like, "Oh man, I'm working as a librarian. I'm getting ready to apply for school, and and I'm doing you know comedy, and like all my friends are like, oh, we're doing this Shakespeare experimental thing in Northern Virginia. Why don't you just drive on over?" And I was like, "Yeah, this is great." And then COVID right. hit. Yeah. So now I'm just now starting grad school, and I'm my improv team is just now starting to get to in-person shows, which means like all the the entire audience has to show proof of vaccination and they have to be masked the entire time right we'll see how this goes <laughs> yeah um so yeah so yeah i'm in, I'm in grad school to be a librarian and it, it's so far it's you know been nice to be able to be back home where you know i'm appreciated but also like i'm actually able to balance my my life as a as you know doing my day job but also like pursue the arts at night which is you know isn't that what we all want to do right <laughs> if, if right. we can't do it full time <laughs> exactly yeah yeah absolutely 
That's funny. We because Brent, we knew a very talented guy, a really funny guy at Comedy Sports Indianapolis. Jared Reed was a librarian. Yep. So yeah, librarian. Yeah. Oh, very cool. See, we're fun people. I, I, yeah, I think so. They opened one up, Julia, like two, two blocks away from my house, like, and I can't wait to go to it. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. oh, a fresh what they open up? Oh, oh, a library. What's that in? They opened a library near your house. It was a Long John Silver's. I lied. <laughs> it was, oh. No, it's a library. It, it, it looks really cool. They make made real modern uh, architecture. <laughs> It also has a long John Silver. So, uh, yeah, they just wrap they just wrap the fish in the book. You get the book <laughs> with the fish in there. Uh, <laughs> and somebody looks it's on the like East a Coast. box that looks like a three D book uh, and you uh, open it up with cardboard. It's just like a piece of white fish in there. It's good. Your library card is actually just a little container of cocktail sauce with a lid. Yeah. Or tartar sauce, depending on your right, depending on your taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like there's like you get to keep the cup and then they punch holes in it every time. Oh, right, right. Your tenth one is free, and and if you're too loud in the library, they're like, "Hush, puppies." Is that yeah? No, ah. I'm sorry. yeah. There's signage all over yeah. it. It's like it's Long John Silver's library related. Children's story <laughs> times are just like a pirate standing up there saying things like "R." Right. No. I. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, so what? What, uh, Julia? What movie did you want? Because you really. You actually, you chimed in very early when I, I was like still like uh, scheduling guests and, and you kind of reached out and really wanted to do this movie. So can you let us know what movie we're talking about and kind of what it means to you? So the film we are going to be discussing this evening, as we've already said, yeah. I've mentioned, I've mentioned that I am from the DC area. We are discussing the film, The Exorcist, the Exorcist. as directed by William F. Friedkin, yes. <laughs> uh, which came out in 1970. Oh, God, three? Four? Three. Four? Yeah. 1974? 1973. Okay, I was like, wait, I forgot the year. But yes, we're discussing The Exorcist. And I reached out because I was like, oh, cool, like a horror movie podcast. That'll be cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so when I saw that you were like, if anybody has any ideas, I was like, this is me. <laughs> I need to talk. Because I can talk about most horror movies that I've seen. I'm pretty good about, you know, I just saw the new uh, Candyman movie. Um, uh, it was a pretty usually, good. It, it was good. I yeah. I will say I wasn't, I was never quite terrified, mm -hmm. but I did like that it kind of mocked some of the like white character horror movie tropes that you often see. They did, they did go after that um, quite a bit, which was great. <laughs> Breath of fresh air. Um, and they did expand on the story from the original film. So those God awful sequels from the nineties did not did, uh, make their, make exist. their appearances in this new film. That's what, and I know, thought the performances and, were great. And I almost feel like that's uniquely kind of a horror thing because th that's true of the exorcist as well. And I know, I know the Halloween movies have done that where mm -hmm. they'll come out with like the eight or ninth or 10th sequel. And it's like, Oh, this is a sequel to the first movie, or this is a sequel to the second movie. And it's like, you have this like branching tree of sequels of, of like these <laughs> alternate realities of what goes yeah. where. And I don't know. I it's... feel like, you know, cause superhero movies obviously are like dominating pop culture right now. They've got these shared universes, but but I feel like it's pretty unique to the horror genre where they're like, okay, we're making a new movie, but it's, it's, it goes after the third movie. We're going to skip everything after that. You know, like it's, it, yeah. I think of like, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I used to roll my eyes at all the, like the new Disney movie sequels that were coming out. Cause they hadn't quite tapped into how millennials view nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want 
you know, piss poor sequels to the original film that came out in 1992 or 1951, if you're thinking of Cinderella. Like, we want, you know, things that remind us of the old thing but aren't total remakes. But, of course, now they've got all these live-action films that are being made that are just, like, hit or miss, in my opinion. Right. Um, You know what would be cool? Yeah. It would be cool if, if like, you if like if, if you made a movie and then you just started skipping sequels. So, like, <laughs> the first one comes out and then you go right to number three. Yes. And you fill in that space. That'd be amazing. I would love that. That'd be pretty, yeah, that. that'd be funny. I mean, they, they almost, you know, I kind of think, maybe not with sequels, but with prequels, they kind of do that. Because with, like, Star Wars, yeah. for example, they did, like, four, five, and six. And then they mm-hmm. jumped back and went to one. So then you kind of had to fill in. You had the gap between one and four for a while. You know, so Star Wars right. kind of yeah. did that. The most famous movies ever have done that. And I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't invent anything just then. Yeah. That's dumb. Why did exactly. they do that? I, don't, I never understood why. Why I did they start with number four? I wonder. I, I Actually, I, I would have to ask some of my Star Wars friends. Because if I venture a guess on a podcast... And somebody hears it. I I don't want to get roasted. I don't want to be killed. It's Star Wars. Well, well, I think it's I think it's when he wrote it. George Lucas. I think George Lucas felt that for whatever reason the fourth. I think he already had an idea for the prequels that were very. I think they're pretty different from what we got. I don't know that how similar they are, but. I think I mean, already... the movies we did get in the seventies were very different than George Lucas originally intended. I think Han Solo was supposed to be like a frog person or something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Who'd... He had all kinds of well, and like, yeah, I read that the, his idea for the sequels were like supposed to take place like almost in the quantum realm. I don't know. It's like I read some weird shit about what he wanted like seven, eight, nine to be, and Disney was like, nah. LOL. Yeah. We're gonna make it worse. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this other thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, like as far as like to compare like these other genres of film, whether it's science fiction, science fantasy, uh, the, the Disney films, which are their own thing, superhero films, I feel like nothing really quite compares to the amount of tree branches that come from that you get off of a. Uh, of a of a horror of a horror franchise like it, it looks like a, it looks like an ancestry.com genealogy sheet right but l- with less defined lines it's like <laughs> if everybody was an illegitimate child with question marks at the end right like that's what that's what a horror movie franchise looks like yeah and i I'll, I'll be honest i don't typically watch a lot of like exorcism movies just because the exorcist is my favorite film of all time mm-hmm. and i'm i'm like I will say this. I, I saw The Conjuring the Conjuring in theaters years ago, and, of course, it scared the pants off me. It was so good and so terrifying. And I showed it to my brother, who also loves The Exorcist a lot, and The Exorcist is still his, like, ter- like he's, like, terrified of this movie. And Sam just sat there going, I don't know, I've seen this. Like, we got to the end, and he just went, I've seen this before. And I was what? like, yeah, but everything before that. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, but I've seen the exorcism before. I've seen this. <laughs> like like the creepy weird voice that's not hers, like right. the weird like like skin prosthetics. He's like, "Yeah, I've seen that." Oh, she's levitating? Yeah, no right. shit. <laughs> oh, that's old hat. No problem. <laughs> somebody somebody like it, 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 it's it's always it's always like a Catholic priest or a Catholic Bible with a rosary like, "Yeah, no, yeah, we know." Well, Been there done that. <laughs> well, and I feel like and this movie is great. I really enjoy this movie and I I do think this movie is very effective. And, Mm -hmm. but in general, I think that, cause there is like possession movies as a genre, I think appeals, appeals to a specific 
crowd, and I think it, at least in the United States and probably most of the world, it's it's a very large crowd. It's like the majority because I'm I like I'm I'm an atheist. Like I wouldn't even call myself uh, agnostic because I think the chance that there is like this intelligent, I like in my in my, it just makes sense to me that the chances of that are near zero, right? So yeah. So like for me, a possession movie is no more likely to happen than like Freddy or Jason or Final Destination or like they're all equally ridiculous to me, right? Which well, is crazy because I I am also an atheist and granted like I have like I'll celebrate like pagan sabbats and stuff, but for me and I've had this discussion with like coworkers who are also horror fans. They always go for the blood and guts, like teen slasher movies. And my response to those every time is if I want to hear, look at, you know, teenagers dying horrible deaths, I'll just watch something on the news about a school shooting. Like, I'm good. Because <laughs> right. I, I, that's like, that's a very, and my apologies to anyone this offends, but I'm like, I, I like that stuff is real to me. Like, like a man stalking you over the phone and right. scaring you half to death. And then you run outside and he stabs you like Drew Barrymore and scream. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like that, that to me is real. Like someone stalking you, someone haunting you, like, but, but being possessed, like I don't, I don't go into it for demon possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't imagine really care. If you, were, if you were like, had been brought up religious and put, and had fear put yeah. into you. Exactly. It would be more of like a real well, thing. Like I, what's a lot more real. The omen. And oh, yeah. oh, I love the, I love the omen. Yeah, that, that <laughs> sort of bank on the idea that their audience knows. Okay, so when like the priest, when the priest is, when Father uh, Karoff is doing oh, mass, Karis, mm-hmm. excuse me, when, when Father Karis is doing is doing mass, the stuff that he's saying is, is stuff that I remember from when I was in Catholic school. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you're raised Catholic. Word so for word is the stuff, and so I can I, see where yeah. the big fan base would be people getting really freaked out over stuff they think could be real yeah it's funny my mom never because my mom is the one that raised us on horror movies and she didn't do it like oh i gotta raise them on horror movies so that they're like tough kids or anything <laughs> she just didn't my my mother didn't really have an understanding of like this might be inappropriate for a child <laughs> like she would always like skip she'd always change the channel if a sex scene came on right but it was okay to watch you know rumble in the bronx and that guy gets thrown into the wood chipper or something right. like you know <laughs> just like and not that that's a horror movie but like i do remember like having nightmares for weeks thanks jackie chan right um <laughs> Fucking jackie when did the guy get thrown into the wood chipper and he was rumble it in was, the bronx what did that it was it was like towards the end or something was it rumble in the bronx like they're like was it fargo <laughs> no well that's <laughs> That's like funny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's horror. That's funny. <laughs> because, it's, because it's the Coen brothers just slowly trying to make Steve Buscemi smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And they, I never they, they that. well, yeah. I mean, think about the Big Lebowski. They finally got him into ashes, right? So that it could yeah. get on Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> trying to kill him. <laughs> so, um, no, I think it's Rumble in the Bronx. But like, I, I think. Uh, they're trying they're trying to find Jackie Chan's character I think and like I just remember it's a bunch of tough dudes and they turn on this big machine it's like a wood chipper kind of thing but it's like huge it's like a construction site thing uh-huh. and I just remember like they've got like three guys there they're all screaming and crying and like they basically like put this one dude through and I was like six when I saw this <laughs> so I'm and my mom's like Oh gosh, I guess you know. Like, and my <laughs> brothers are like, "This is so cool," and I'm yeah. a kid, and I'm like crying. Yeah. So Do you anyway, think we'll like, ever have the medical technology 
to like save someone after they've been put in a wood chipper? <laughs> no, never. I don't believe so. Maybe that'd be amazing. No. <laughs> Sir, he got chip faced. <laughs> like, yeah. Paramedic. It begins with paramedics just like giving chest compressions to goo. <laughs> <laughs> So Jaws is like sacred. Oh yeah, um, I bet. But uh, we watched we watched uh, mostly like Stephen King films, like Stephen King adaptations. Nice. So I got used to like horror movies being scary as a kid, and as you get older, they're like, oh, this is kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, like Tim Curry's great, everybody else is bad. You right. know, like that kind of thing. But we never really got into like the demon possession movies, or like we never really got into the Omen or the Exorcist until years later. And I think it's because I like I used to think it was a religious thing with my mom, but I think it was just more like, well, that's ridiculous, and everyone's Catholic in these movies every single time, you know. Because right. my mom's not Catholic; she's she's a different denomination. But like, it was just I was like, oh, <laughs> so we can't we can't watch these. But of course, The Omen is one of the greatest films, one of the greatest horror movies. I will always argue Gregory Peck driving sacred attempting to drive sacred knives into the chest of his child like that's that's legit <laughs> so good um, but with the exorcist we didn't see that until years later and i think my brother and i my brother saw it with his friends one night and then he and i watched it i think i want to be i was a sophomore in high school i had the day off from school it was the fall and we watched it at like eight o'clock in the morning and i remember i got to the end of it and i was like Oh, like that was scary, but it's, I mean, you guys have seen it. It's a slow burn yeah. for that first 45 minutes. It's such a yeah. slow burn. Yeah. And my brother goes, you want to go see the steps? And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, those steps are in Georgetown. And I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, they're right off. I mean, if you ever watch, if anybody who's not from DC watches the exorcist with me, I'm as annoying watching the exorcist as I am watching like the Dark Knight or Candyman, and I'm like, well, okay. So if actually the camera were to go right, you would see the L train going down through Gold Coast. Well, actually, you kind of left at Gold Coast. Right. You know, like I get really dorky. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's Lower Wacker. But with yeah. you know the extra system, like it's right, like that's the Rosalind Key Bridge you're seeing. Um, that's M Street. That you know, that's there. Um, actually, Do you have any the, tours the there? Are there any like Exorcist tours? No. Um, if you drive over, if you're over there, I used to have rehearsals. And you'd be an awesome tour guide in that, too. That'd be Thank you. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be as cool as some of the kids that, like, hang out on the steps. Because yeah. if you're over there in October, November, um, there's always, especially on Halloween, there's always, like, a bunch of hipsters and goth kids, yeah. like, posing and taking pictures on the steps. And I'm like. And then, then you got to parallel park the van. <laughs> Actually. I'm going to be good at that. Actually, so if you want, you can. If you ever go to the steps, um, the world's worst Exxon station used to be at the bottom of the steps to the left. Like there's a gas station in the movie. It was replaced by the world's worst Exxon, and um, uh, yeah, you can just park there as long as you're not parking like right in front of the gas station. You can just like park next to it. Then you can go to the steps without having to parallel park. Well, nice. Why is it the worst? 
um, because it was so it's typically. Made actually, the, the, it's made from the, the, the metal of the Valdez. <laughs> I wish, I wish. No, I, I was driving home from a, a, a rehearsal on Halloween night um, uh, one night years ago, and Halloween is the worst in D.C. You can't drive anywhere. You get stuck on Pennsylvania Avenue. You're like slowly cruising past the White House. There's people, there's freaks and like, big masks walking around and cops just like on their horses staring at your car and being like move faster and i'm like i can only go two miles an hour sir thank you <laughs> but um i remember i got where, I was, where you live sounds so freaking scary <laughs> what you describe you need to like I, I live balance that from, with something nice <laughs> i live i live half an hour from burkittsville home of the blair witch oh, oh nice <laughs> Actually, there is no Blair Witch, and that's a funny story. I can always be on that episode. But um, I just remember I was like, I really had to pee. And I was like, oh, if I cut over to, like, you know, do all the math in my head. And I was like, oh, I can just park at that Exxon and go use the bathroom. Of course, the steps are packed with people. But I find a space at the Exxon. I get out. I go inside. This dude that could not care less about me hands me the key to the bathroom. I go around the corner outside, and I open the bathroom door. And it looks like some, like multiple poops have occurred, like multiple runs of poops. So right. nothing hit the toilet. Um, and there was a, I believe, a used tampon on the floor. Mm. And there was blood on the walls, like like smeared blood. Like, I don't know if it was like a blood ritual where they'd been having sex. And then like they bit each other. And then they were like, oh, no. Right, like an Angelina <sighs> Billy Bob they, type thing. Right. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 the mirror was all like cloudy and foggy with like mist of some kind and so like i typically don't really squat to pee but right. man i was like i have to pee so badly and it was horrible and i did not wash my hands i like just i was like a doctor with like unsanitized hands i was like oh my god and right. i like you had like hand sanitizer the, in the, the car you're like i got hand sanitizer in the car it's fine i didn't back then oh, no. <laughs> because of this incident <laughs> But yeah, I like kicked the key at the guy behind the counter. I was like, you got to clean up the bathroom. And he just went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he did not care. So yeah. Oh, you yeah. should have like, yes. busted, you should have like came out of, out of there angry and then yelled at all the hipster kids. Who, there's like six poops. <laughs> at the kids on the I steps. so horrified. I was so horrified. Who pooped in this Exxon? Oh my God. And it was so gross. And like, who, oh Who pooped man, on these spare bad. Valdez parts? You know, the Valdez, it's already been through one ex environmental catastrophe. It doesn't need another. If anybody had been listening to me in the bathroom, they would have just heard me going, the power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Get into that toilet! <laughs> oh God, that reminds me of Jesus. The, the uh, All that stuff together reminds me of the poop demon from what Dogma, that Kevin Smith movie. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Oh my God! <laughs> I completely forgot about the poop demon. Yeah, I, had, I forgot about it wow. until just right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that bathroom is where the poop demon like went to go poop. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually because uh, I go to um, uh, Arlington Cemetery every year on Veterans Day. Uh, my grandparents are buried there, and when I come back, I usually just take M Street all the way through Georgetown. It's just easier that way. And the Exxon has been closed down. Oh really? Like there's all kinds of like like sheeting over it and stuff. You can't go in, and there's graffiti. And I was like, oh, sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yikes! Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, it's funny. I rewatched. Um, I was gonna rewatch the film today, but I, I, I watch it like four times a year. Um, <laughs> but I, I was rewatching some clips, and I was just, 
I was just laughing because I remember seeing, um, I think it was like on IMDb or something of Linda Blair mm-hmm. talking about how like she really didn't know what she was saying right. in those scenes, you know, and uh, I was just laughing about like how my mother would never, mm-hmm. ever, not that she would have let me be a child actor at any way, in any way, shape or form, right. but she would never have let me get away with saying some of those lines, even if I was getting paid, even if they were like, we promise we'll put her through college, she would <laughs> never have let me get away. And that mom drove her to the audition. Yeah. Like Linda Blair had a couple, what I read, she had a, she had like, she had a manager who just didn't think that was for her. And the mom was like, no, I want my daughter to go say these terrible things to old men. Right. Yeah. One, I, yeah and I read that maybe the director, somebody was like, do you, do you understand the script? And she was like, yeah, I think so. And he was like, "Okay, what about like some of the some of the stuff where we talk about masturbation?" And she like giggled and was like, "Yeah, I know what that is." He he he. And like, I, I like I don't know. I mean, she gives a great performance, you know. But at the same, oh yeah, I believe at, it. Yeah, but but I will say I don't know. I don't know how much they let her. I don't know if she understood what was being said because it was a different act actress giving the lines, right? It was a uh, yeah. Was she it, had to like Mer- she had to like mouth it or something. Yeah, when was, they were up cl- when it, it was up close in her face. Yeah, and it was a woman named Mercedes McCambridge who did the demonic yes. voice. But I read that she like to get into that voice, she swallowed raw eggs. Yeah. She was yeah. chain smoking, and she was she had been sober for I don't know how many years at that point. But she started chugging whiskey, and that's how she got that voice performance. Was raw eggs. <laughs> chain smoking and whiskey was how she came up with the demon eat your voice. heart out Andy circus <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <Damn>. gollumate shit <laughs> oh my gosh that's I mean that it, it, it is effective I, I hate the idea that that an actress like really like compromised her health to 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 get it but like I mean it was the 70s like they didn't, they didn't give a shit right. um so yeah but it I mean it it is effective. Um, I also, I have to say, because um, last March we, we did lose uh, Max von Sydow, of course, yeah. who plays Father Marin, the titular exorcist. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I saw, you know, he was in his late 80s when he died. And I was like, that dude has been playing guys in his late 80s, in their late 80s, since he was, since the 70s. Right, for 50 because, like, years. The, yeah, yeah. Like, for decades. He's always played an old man. He was in, um, I think the one thing I ever saw him in where he was like, I am a young man, was in The Seventh Seal, which is one of my favorite. That's what I always kick off my October movie marathon with is The Seventh Seal, because it's not a horror movie, but it's, yeah, it's a film. It's a classic film. Um, But yeah, he's like a a, a young medieval Swedish knight coming home from the Crusades. And it's so weird to look at him because his skin is so smooth and his hair is so (laughs) blonde. You can tell how blonde it is, even though it's a black and white film. And then like from there on his whole like english language career was just like hey you're six five and you have a deep voice you're gonna play someone twice your own age right well and that's i mean that's true because in this movie he he looks like he's a 90 year old about to kick the bucket right and he was like he, really he was does. he was 44 he was 44 when he did this movie and for the next 50 years he looked like he was about to die in every single movie he did for the next half century. Like, they show him at like, the beginning of the movie, he's trying to get his, like, his pills, and, like, he's shaking. shaking. Yeah. And he's just, and he's, and he, like, and you see him, like, 
putting it in and like having like a moment of like you know because there's so much noise and stuff where he is in Iraq and it's just yeah amazing how like well he did well I, I like that scene like the the people that were like working and like with pickaxes and stuff mm-hmm. like they were like overdoing it a bit right like workers don't do that they were. I mean, like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're, yeah, I was like, if, if, if any of them are actually extra, extras, yeah. I've never really looked this up. If any of them are extras, they're really like going to town. They're like, this is an archaeological dig and we are not being careful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We're just going in here. Yeah. And is there, a, does medication actually work that way? Like as I've seen it in other movies too, where like the guy's like, Oh, my chest kind of hurts. And then like the struggling with the little pills. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think this is a trip to the hospital if you're struggling to get your <laughs> pill in your mouth yeah that's I mean, you need yeah. to call your doctor or like go to someone right because it's not like he's unknown there like he's i think before he goes to see the pazuzu statue he's talking to that gentleman in like what the museum or the church or wherever he's talking to somebody and uh you know so he's known every like that kid's talking to him like he's known so it's not like he would struggle to find some sort of medical yeah. attention. Yeah. And the, the thing is, like, he, he's obviously, like, to the people around him, he's obviously having an event. And then the waiter comes up to him, and it's, it's, instead of being like, Are you okay, sir? okay, he's like, Do you want anything else? Like, he's like, uh, trying to get him to leave. To, like, he's trying to turn tables, table. okay? It's tough. It's tough. Right. You, you don't want that to be your problem. You don't want to have to deal with the fucking dead guy, right? Get him out of there. This, this dead white dude with a priest. No, I'm not doing Right. No, piss off. No. <laughs> Oh, he's taking this one cup of tea. Uh, uh-uh. uh, I want customers with ten cups. Get out of here. <laughs> well, and I love and this actor, Max von Sydow. He was in, you know, he was in Dune. We've mentioned this before. He was in Star Wars: The Force Awakens, like in the I think the oh, very like first seconds. scene. Yeah, not for very long at all. But uh, <laughs> he was in Shutter Island, which we covered recently. Uh, the yep. he, he was like the German doctor, Brent. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was the which I think is the punishment for a lot of Scandinavian actors when they get over here. It's like, well, <laughs> you look and kind of sound ger- just be German, and they're like, well, this isn't insulting to my fathers and mothers who you know fought in the resistance yeah. during World War Two, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is like, I like the the director in this movie because in this movie, uh, the 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 Linda Blair, her mother is an actress, right? So she's filming a movie, and I like the director. Uh, the guy who plays the director, what's his name, Burke? Um, yeah. He's a really fun Burke character. Yeah, Burke, yeah. I, I think this was his last movie. I think he passed away shortly after. Um, yes. But um, Yes. Ellen Burstyn is the uh, mother. Ellen Burstyn, yes, plays the mother. And then I I, I like that in that scene, I like either he's harassing, he's harassing this guy and he's a total shitbag, or he has knowledge that this guy was a Nazi, in which case, if he knows that, that's exactly how you handle Nazis. Like, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, it's such a... Because I'm watching it, and I'm like... Because I, I always... Because, you know, when I first watched it, I was just like, oh, he's just a drunk dude being drunk. And I always kind of felt bad for Carl. That's the name of the, the butler there. Um, but, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, does he know? Or is he just drunk? Because, like, it's never clear. And I'm always thinking, like, is there a correlation to him getting killed in such a horrendous way later right. on because he dies a pretty gruesome death maybe it's off screen so we yeah. never see it but we hear about it and of course ellen burston's response like scares me almost actually scares me more than uh reagan spider crawling down the stairs <laughs> because like there's that silence 
and her that her companion there, Sharon, the 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 nanny housekeeper lady, she's just sort of like, oh my god, Chris, like she's like you see her being like, oh my god, like her best friend just died, and then like you see her like, no, like it's so awful, yeah. and then her face, yeah. So yeah. it's just I, I'm never quite sure if it's like yeah, like what was he. Because I don't know, because it's kind of clear that Carl is very suspicious of Reagan. Right. Because I'm pretty sure it's him who left the cross or the crucifix in her room. Right. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain that has to be him. Because um, he seems like that kind of a person who would, he's, he's a very suspicious man. But the thing is, if he's, if he's Catholic, there's a pretty good chance that he wasn't one of the Nazis, or at least he just tried to escape because, you know, it's not like Catholics are favored by the by Hitler and his crowd. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, Brooke Dennings just reads as someone who probably has PTSD from possibly losing his whole family, if not extended family, uh, during the Holocaust. And then he's just taking it out on anyone with a German accent. Right. Um, but he's also kind of a prick. So I don't know, like what, I don't know what his like deal is, but it's, right. yeah. I, I don't think he everyone is, to die everyone is heavily drinking in this movie. Like, oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like, oh, even Oh yeah, the, like, like, dude, uh, Father, uh, is it? It's Keros. Keros. There's, Car- there's Father Keros, who's the very serious, like, Salminio yeah. looking yeah. guy. Dude, during the day, man, he is like running around like fucking Rocky. He's got the gray, the gray sweatpants on. <laughs> yeah. He, he's oh yeah. Running around, man. He's, he, he's like, he's, he's helping people out. But then at night, dude, at night, man, this makes priesthood sexy. That goes, <laughs> goes to the car, man. He gets the, two of the biggest mugs of beer ever, man. Yeah. And there's like the Almond Brothers are playing on the jukebox. Yeah. Walks over to the oldest priest then, like who's kind of cool, I yeah. guess. And but this they, is a yeah, this is a Georgetown bar. Like this is a college students bar because, to my knowledge, I think I don't know about I don't know now, but like I think in the last, I think when I was in school, I, I remember Georgetown being a dry campus. Oh really? Like, I don't think you could drink at. I don't think you could drink on Georgetown's campus. But Georgetown is an urban campus. Like you, you walk one block, you're right. off campus. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, no, these guys are drinking. And my favorite priest, though, is the one that the friend of Father Marin, oh, Dyer, or Father Fa- Karras, Father Dyer, Father Dyer, the one who's playing the piano, and he's like, "My idea of heaven." <laughs> you know, it's a completely white bar. And I'm on a playing on a piano and I'm wearing, you know, tails and a top hat or whatever he's saying. And he's just like, and I'm the headliner. I'm the star. And everybody loves me. And they're all like, this is a totally normal thing for a priest to say. <laughs> it's bonkers. But I love it because it's just yeah. so like. I, yeah. I had never seen this movie before, but I knew <gasps> it was coming oh. up next because of the movie Scary Movie. And open one of them opens up with Andy Richter, who's so funny. I and they're, they're, scary they're, they're singing the song. I forget what's uh, which is which it's rap song. Oh, anyway, um, but yeah. <laughs> there's they're like singing like that, but it's a rap song with terrible language in it. Which is great. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, and yeah, no, of I, that, uh, you mentioned the spider crawl. I'm curious because I, I watched this years and years and years ago, and then I just watched it recently over the weekend again. Um, and mm-hmm. I did, I had read that, I, I don't know, kind of the general consensus I got from the things I read was that the director's cut didn't add a whole lot that was worth it. So I, I watched the theatrical cut, but I did not get the spider crawl because that's not in the theatrical cut. I looked it on, you looked it up on YouTube. I, I it's, noticed, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. yeah. I think, I, I think because 
when they were making the movie, they knew this was going to be terrifying. They oh. knew this was going to be scary as hell. Like, they did not have the same experience as Spielberg and that crowd for Jaws, which was just like a disaster after a disaster after a disaster. Right. And like, I think, you know, to my not, to my recollection, Richard Dreyfus was basically sitting in interviews saying, please don't come see this movie. It's going to be the worst film of all time. And Jaws is an absolute classic. Right. I don't think they had the same, they had like creepy weird stuff happening during filming, but nothing that would indicate this was going to be a bad film, but they, everything indicated this was going to be terrifying. Um, I, I have to look this up, but I vaguely remember like crew members getting scared out of their wits just because a lot of the stuff is, I mean, you know, this is the seventies. This is, we're still in, people were raised a certain way and to see like, we're now capturing this, you know, people's worst nightmares, you know, this kind of boogeyman devil right. stuff on camera and we're going to sell it and we're going to let people come watch it. Like yeah. that's scary. Well, well that's, so, that's, yeah. Well, I, and I was, I was going to say earlier that, I had a conversation. It wasn't about this movie, but maybe it was The Conjuring. It was something like that where pretty much everybody in the kitchen with me were like were either raised Catholic or religious to one one extent or another, and they were all like to some degree believers, right? They weren't atheist mm -hmm. or agnostic. And I remember they were all kind of in, agree in agreement, but this one waitress was saying she was like, no, I don't fuck with possession movies. She was like, anything else is fine. I, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. She was like, possession movies? That's real. That's real life. And hell no, I do not do possession movies because that's real. And everybody was like, yeah, I agree with you. And it just, I had never, I don't know. It just kind of opened my eyes to like, like it, it like some a movie like The Exorcist would mean a very different thing to somebody who's not me right like <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely i think um yeah most of my friends i know when i was out in chicago i had a lot of friends who'd been raised catholic and you know and and everybody and everybody that you know that was raised in a religious way is you know religious to a varying degree right you know some are still very true believers and others have just lapsed and others are jaded as hell so right. you know it's, it's, it's <laughs> like all, father you know, kind of a spectrum <laughs> exactly and <laughs> um but i remember Everyone who had been raised specifically Catholic, and I think it's because because this movie is Catholic. Like, there's no other religious reference mm -hmm. at all. Like you do hear, I know um, it's actually also on the soundtrack, but you do hear the call to prayer, the the Muslim call to prayer when Father Marin is in Iraq. Um, but that's it's not. I don't know. Like it, it like it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the possession itself. It's just more like you know this is what's you know happening while father Marin is, is hunting down, he knows he doesn't know what, um, right. <laughs> but because, but because in this, this, this film and most, most possession films that I've seen, it's Catholicism. And it's like, and it's to the point where it's like, well, you're only being rescued because we have these old out of date practices that like nobody uses anymore. Cause they're ridiculous. Right. Um, and I mean, and that's what I love about this film. Father Kara says, you know, exorcism exists only because we didn't know about mental illness. Right. We didn't know about, you know, trauma. We didn't know about these things. Now we do. Now we can explain these things. Now we can actually properly help these people instead of accidentally kill them. But I think <laughs> most of my friends who were raised specifically Catholic, they avoid most possession movies. And The Exorcist is kind of like the king of possession movies. It is, I mean, it really was, it was, most people that saw it in theaters that I know, most older adults, 
my best friend's dad said he slept on the couch for two weeks. He, he was, he was so terrified to go in his room. He was terrified to talk to anyone. Like he was just so scared. So I think, um, I think it's, it is, it is an interesting fact with people. I mean, it's like, you know, some people don't like action films. Some people don't like these kinds of films. People don't like animated films, whatever. Right. But when it comes to horror films, like, you know, and I have my limits, I don't like teen slashers, but other people, it's like a deep seated, you know, fear from, from an old faith is, you know, I, I can't watch that cause that is real. And it will come if a child watching it, you know, like, you know, if I watch this, this will happen to me kind right. of a, a mentality, yeah. which is well, And that's funny because yeah. my, cause I'll see on other, other like in on different forms of social media, but especially like uh, my wife and my kids like love TikTok. They're always sending me TikTok videios, and I, I haven't signed up for it yet because I'm an old hag and I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I know it's 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 ridiculous, and it is a thing. It's a young person's app, right? But <laughs> but I have come across like um, uh, accounts that focus on like scary stories or I don't maybe like a modern day creepy pasta type thing. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Like ghost stories and kind of hap- haunted happenings, kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah, but 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 you, if you look, everybody in the comment is like, "I claim no negative energy. I repel any demon." And it's like people who like they be- they think that seeing something on social media could curse them, and if they leave a certain <laughs> comment, it will protect them. And it's like giving the the evil eye sign, and like they can ward off these demons from TikTok, like, I don't, like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it, it is, it's, to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's cause, cause we don't have enough in this world right. to worry about. But I think, I mean, I, to me, that's just like, you know, people not watching certain films or, or making comments like that. It's just the evolution of, you know, you know, it awarding against the evil eye right. when you see something, you know, sinful in public. Uh, you know, I, I just read, um, a book that Stacy, a historian named Stacy Schiff, published years ago called *The Witches*, and it's about the Salem witch trials. And it's a proper, you know, start to finish of the Salem witch trials. It's extremely dense, but it's because there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous going on. Um, <laughs> but like they, I mean, you know, to me, people making comments like, you know, I repel negative energy, or, you know, you know, I, I pray for this person, or whatever it is is just the evolution from, you know, the, the Puritans in Massachusetts, you know, keeping their children away from so-and-so because they think she cursed the pigs or right. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, to me, it, it, it seems so ridiculous. And, and I'm just sort of like, really? You think a social media thing is going to? Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. you do you. It's not going to affect me any badly. But right. in this movie, yeah. I thought, in The Exorcist, they did a good balance of, like, of, of science with all the kooky poltergeisty stuff, mm. um, I, I'm I'm not a surgeon, but when they do the procedure on Linda Blair, <gasps> that's scary like, that's, as hell. It looks like that's exactly yeah. how it, you do that. Yeah, how you run like an air tube. I think it was that you run an air tube through her neck. They call it. They call it a spinal. Air, I think. Kind, um, I is think she did have it? one of those in the movie, but. But, but when that blood Something, is squirting yeah. out of her neck, they're putting a tube down into like a vein and, mm. and, and blowing it up a little bit so they can take better um, photos of it. Yeah. And I, I actually, I have a lot to say about this scene. Um, yeah. And 
it was unnerving. And I watched it on my laptop. I had to hit the 10 second button a couple times just because yeah. I was like, I don't want to see like, this. Like yeah, that, that's, it's a little, it's a little much. Yeah. And that scene affected me more than any other scene in this movie. And I feel like, and medical scenes often do that to me. And I feel like it's the same kind of thing as people who don't want to watch a, a possession movie where I'm like, that's a real thing that could actually happen to me one day. And that fucking, I don't like seeing that. I don't like thinking about that. Cause it's so real, you know, but that's, and, but I mean, yeah. that's, and that's what, that's part of the brilliance of this film is that like, we have, cause we have, we have to get through all the science stuff before Ellen Burstyn, who says like, I'm not, you know, she's like, no, I'm not religious. We're not religious people. Right. Um, like for her, like she has to exhaust everything before she turns to exorcism. Otherwise the exorcism just looks hokey and stupid. <laughs> um, you know, but I think also like the, the what we have to watch those medical procedures because it's kind of the same idea as the exorcism itself. It's just instead of, you know, the toolkit of the Bible and the holy water and the priests, we have the medical staff and the machines and, you know, and I will the say that the, the, the machines and everything, the procedures are like so accurate, but it's still 1973. Right. Like <sighs> Dr. Klein walks out to the mom and he's like, well, I think what's going to happen is. He's smoking um, a cigarette. He a cigarette yeah. Blows the curse <laughs> up in your face. Yeah. You know? Everybody's just drinking and smoking a cigarette the whole time. Yeah. They're like <laughs> having like she's like it's 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 the it's the like the last meeting that Ellen Burstyn has with all those doctors and and you know it's, it's the one where they say, uh, "Do you have any religious beliefs, Mrs. Mrs. McNeil?" And like there's like all these doctors and half of them are smoking and right. it's just yeah. like what <laughs> what reality is this and then, right. and then like and then like later um father uh, father k because i can't say his fucking name Karis. Karis. <laughs> Karis goes to bellevue hospital you know i, goes, I gotta say i think his mom is there and it was like uh, there was just like a comical amount of crazy old women that he had to like push out of the way. Yeah, it was like the, he just keeps getting angry, angrier and angrier. It was like the beginning scene from Amadeus when uh, the priest is arriving to uh, listen to Celieri's confession, and he's like not helping any of these people okay. at all. But they're all walking up to him because he's a priest, and he's just That's like, funny. like you know, blessing them. But he's like just not interested in any of their illness. Or yeah. like asking them how they're doing. It's yeah. So whenever I watch uh, the Exorcist, and it's that scene where he's walking through this like sea of of yeah. very ill old women. I always think of the priest from Amadeus. That's funny because I was thinking of Airplane when the lady's freaking out in the movie Airplane, <laughs> oh, and they're just taking turns yes. smacking her. In the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a comical like thirty old ladies that are just blabbing different things. And they're like, and they're like, stay away from Father. Stay away from the Father. Stay. Away. He doesn't yeah. want to talk to you right now. He's not he's here. For you. he's not here for you and like and i'm like you don't know maybe this lady really needs help oh my well, gosh it's yeah and like uh that's another um chilling moment i'd say is like his nightmare of seeing her standing at the top of the the uh subway stairs and you see her going you know damey damey the way she says it damn it damn and he's yeah. running towards her and she's just like okay and just turns <laughs> like there's something so eerie about that <laughs> it is very dreamy though right when you you in a dream you will be running after or towards something and but just you never be, like as though you're in sludge yeah really mm -hmm. slow or the thing is too fast yeah i feel like i always wake myself up in those kinds of dreams i always yeah, yeah. i've always wake i've always awoken myself in those kinds of dreams because I, I i do end up actually kicking my legs and when i was a little kid because again, my mother let me watch horror movies, so her punishment for letting me do that was letting me sleep in the bed with her because I was always so scared. <laughs> um, 
and the number of times I'd had running dreams and she would be yeah. like elbowing me and being like, you are kicking me. <laughs> like I Funny, almost just like, when they get too intense, they just wake you up. I remember yeah. dreaming and then my dad was in it and he, he started talking to me. And I was like, you're dead. I'm not talking to a dead guy. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you know, wow. and I, I feel like I don't have dreams like that for whatever reason. I feel like it was a phase I went through, but not just like the walking through sludge, but like having to throw a punch, but you just like, you could not, yes. you couldn't throw a punch that was powerful enough. It was just like, yep tapping them and no matter what you did you just could not throw an actual punch you know it's been a long time but i remember having dreams like that <laughs> oh yeah a lot of yeah i remember i always know I'm, I'm stressed if i'm having a running dream a falling dream or like a a, a no punching dream right because <laughs> like yeah because I'm, I'm clearly like there's something wrong i'm like oh man because i don't typically give dreams like a lot of like like Wait. like thought in my life yeah i don't right. i don't you know i'm not like man i dreamed about spaghetti last night i i had spaghetti last week right. you know i'm like i know it's because i had spaghetti last week and my brain is farting out images for me to think about like right. I, like yeah. it's annoying actually <laughs> but yeah no i know like something's up if i'm like running or falling or punching and i'm not doing very well yeah hey, oh there's brent brent in the back Sorry, I was hey, like, yeah, what's up? you're doing a really great job of freezing there for a second. And I was like, oh, that's a weird face to make. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the same thing of you guys. Yeah. So I was like, and my dad's dead. And then I, I looked away. And then when I looked back, you guys are doing your faces. Were like, and then you like woke up from this dream. <laughs> Excuse me. That's right. My water. Well, yeah, in my little top, my little dreidel that I had spinning just didn't stop. Just <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh god, the fight oh. over how Inception ended. Oh god, my yeah. Word. <laughs> That's funny. Because I was friends with a lot of insufferable like film guys. Right. Back in college, you know, all those communications majors that got to watch film during school right yeah and they all make the argument like no he's still dreaming and i'm like well you see the dreidel kind of tip at the set of the last second yeah. they're like no you don't see that you're just thinking you see all that and i'm like okay right yeah i don't oh care can i anymore. share something with you guys before yes. i forget don't forget to say this my mother-in-law visited us this weekend and yesterday i invited Kara, my wife and my mother-in-law joanne i was like I'm watching The Exorcist tonight. I was like, I don't want to seem, I said, I don't want to seem not available or not present to talk to you folks, but would you like to watch it with me? And they were like, they said, no, no, we don't want to see oh. it. I was like, okay, that's fine. So <laughs> um, I, the, uh, my mother-in-law goes to bed. I start watching it and I finish it. You know, and my, my wife goes to bed and then I go to bed. And then I, I sometimes on the weekends will wake up at like, two in the morning i went to bed like at midnight and then i woke mm -hmm. up kind of like two hours later and mm -hmm. if it's the weekend i think this is kind of like free time right you know oh, I, yeah. I, I just got a little nap i'm gonna go enjoy the house by myself for a while so i went downstairs and i do what i always do i put my headphones on and i, I was on my laptop and i put a podcast on that was i thought was really funny and so at times i'm like laughing during it my mother-in-law oh, she's, no. she's asleep at the top of the steps no. that's she thinks I'm watching The Exorcist. <laughs> I'm laughing. And the thing is, when that happens, because Kara 
has told me you're really loud because I can't hear my own voice. So it's it, it's as though I, and then I'm I'm like pounding boxed wine. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like a crazy person. Well, that's like Brit, I mean that's kind of like my my dad is deaf, right? So he can he can never hear himself. So yeah. Glory, we'll, I get to save my brother's deaf. So yeah. Okay, yeah, same. yeah. So he'll be like, we'll be walking through a store, and he'll just rip a big fart. He'll be like, <laughs> you know, and then he'll he'll look over at me like, did you hear that? Was that loud at all? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking heard it. <laughs> you blasted ass all over the store, you know. Or like, uh, we'll be in a yeah. we'll, we'll be in a movie theater, and it'll be a really quiet part. And for whatever, he'll just be breathing. He'll be like, uh, 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 and I'm like, bro, you gotta like, you can't pipe down a little bit. Yeah. Your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm definitely the number of times I my cause Seth is the way he's because uh, he's also disabled. So like the way he's everything's kind of formed. Like he's just a heavy nasally breather. So like I just don't go to movies with him anymore. And my mom takes him to movies. So they go at like 10 a.m., like the 10 a.m. matinee, because A, it's cheaper, there's right. nobody there, and B, it means that Seth can breathe and clear his throat as loudly and as wetly as he possibly wants. <laughs> not right. going to disturb too many people. Right, he's got to um, make whatever noises he's got to. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's great. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny, though, because with because um, growing up with watching horror movies, uh, like Seth, uh, he'll get nervous about because like my my oldest brother and I Sam used to we should have been smacked really hard as kids um we you know we play like hide and go seek in the dark mm-hmm. out in the yard because we, we live in that we live out in uh, Frederick County we've got the Appalachian Mountains like right above our house and um you know we go play out in the dark and it's it's pitch black and you know if you have all five senses it's not too much of a problem right but if you're missing if you're missing one a key right. one you're hearing like it's a little terrifying right so it would get and of course it would always be you know like my turn to you know be the seeker and sam and seth would go hide and seth would get so nervous and i hear sam like heavily. and seth is just <laughs> you know he's making all of this noise right and i'm like and, and i hear sam going just give it another minute, Jules. Just like wander around over it. I'm like, okay, but I can hear you guys. I know you're behind the tree. And I'm like, eh. but then eventually Sam and I would get bored and Seth would have to be the seeker, which is such a shitty thing to do to a deaf person yeah. in the dark. A deaf kid, a little kid, just a little kid. Right. And so Seth would wander around and he, the poor skinny little thing, he'd be terrified. And Sam and I are like, we can literally do whatever we want and we'd throw shit at him. <laughs> monsters and then eventually yeah. Seth would get upset and he'd come up to the porch and my dad would be out there smoking a cigarette what are you goddamn kids doing to Seth you know and you know we're like sorry dad we're just having fun no, no big deal but yeah but like he because he'll watch horror movies and to this day he'll watch The Shining and he'll laugh because you know he's he doesn't know the story behind uh, Shelley Duvall getting browbeat by Stanley Kubrick right. during during that filming so all he sees is this woman with this like you know haircut and this baseball bat just being like (laughs) (laughs) which without the sound and without knowledge of what happened behind the scenes is kind of funny looks ridiculous yeah and jack nicholson being like (laughs) 
you know, with his tongue and stuff and, like, you know, waving at her. Yeah. For listeners um, who can't see, Julie is doing very accurate Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson faces. So. Thank you so much. I've seen The Shining, like, eight million times. <laughs> I still haven't right. finished the book, though, because it takes forever for them to get to the hotel. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, yeah. I reread the book recently, and it is, it's... I mean, it's good. It's good. I love Stephen King. I love that book. I love Stephen King. It, it's long. It's so long. It's so long. I, I still haven't finished it. I've tried twice, and yeah. both times I get to the middle of the book after six months of trying, and I get to the part where Bev is supposed to, you know, spoiler for anyone who hasn't read It by Stephen King, but um, they never put this in the film adaptations. <laughs> I wonder why yeah. Bev, in order for them to get out of the parents, oh. has to perform fellatio on all the other yeah. kids in the Losers Club, which is clearly Stephen King on cocaine. Right. <laughs> like, not understanding how, whatever. Right. But yeah, no, like, it's it's there in the books. But yeah, I just get to that part, and I'm like, this is the most foul thing I've read. Right. I cannot. Yeah, and I just, I just get bored, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go re- reread yeah, that cemetery. You know what? That right. scene in that book, it takes place in an Exxon gas station bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I am forever haunted. I'm so glad somebody, like I have two people here that will appreciate my my fear of the Exxon station bathroom yeah. in Georgetown. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, like actually that would, that's what actually would make the scene in the Barrens far worse is if, is if Pennywise lived in an Exxon station bathroom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. Like how some books, I still haven't. I know the film ex. The, always to bring it back to the Exorcist, but I know the film is based on a book. I have never myself read it. I have. I know either. it's based. Yeah. On, I know the book is based on a true story of a boy from the nineteen forties. Yeah. But that's all. I, I read. Read, I read that like the crucifix scene is a lot longer in the book, like and more drawn out. Oh, is it really? the but, part where she? Op- where uh sharing yeah she's, like, she's oh. jerking off with it yeah right. oh oh that Christmas oh well she's like Sorry, let jesus fuck you <laughs> <laughs> let jesus fuck you <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh. oh man that yikes no but I, oh. I gotta say to go back to the because the the scene the most disturbing scene for me where they did the medical procedure that was they, uh-huh. they actually had actual doctors like they had real people doing that procedure so it was people who know what it should look like were performing it. And one of the guys, a guy by the name of Paul Batson, ended up getting arrested for murder. He, <gasps> he like, went home with some dude. They were out at the club some night, and they, like, went home, or like, you know, the next morning. And he ended up murdering the guy. And he was suspected. I don't know if he actually did these other murders. But he was suspected of, like, a slew of murders and like the underground what you know the gay nightclub he scene. was admitting to them he, he yeah. was telling them that, that he did it yeah and but i don't know like i almost got the impression that maybe he was confessing to it to get a lesser sentence so he definitely killed one guy um but i but yeah may have killed more than that so i was not aware of this that's terrifying yeah, I think it's one yeah. of the main guys. I, I need to go back and figure out which one it is, but it's like one of the main guys in that scene as they're doing the medical procedure, like years later was convicted of murder. Oh, that's oh, that's horrifying. I can remember the doctor and the nurse with the funny little like like 
KFC hat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The candy Which is hilarious. Hat. Yeah, the candy striper hat. Yeah, like, <laughs> just sort of the, like, I'm standing behind the counter of a fast food joint hat from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, my it's funny, I saw a picture of my aunt from the 70s, because she was a nurse at Mass General in Boston, and she had something similar, and I was like, wow, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I yeah, remember a scene that I oh, want yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And that's when there's the whole thing about the rats in the attic. Yeah. Right. And, and the mom finally goes, she, uh, she starts to go up there. Like she starts to go cause she's hearing it. Yeah. And something that bothered me was that she took like a single candle. I can't, yeah. I was like, did they not have flashlights like, yet? Yeah. Just a single candle. Like even in like old medieval movies, like, yeah, exactly. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> Julia has a I candle. I prepared for this. Like a menorah. Like I prepared for this. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a pagan holiday right now? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I wanna... No, I, I believe it's Rosh Hashanah, so Shana Tova to everybody who celebrates. Um, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, but I always, I always keep a candle in my room just because I, we've been getting storms lately. Of course, we got Hurricane Ida coming through. Right. So I was like, oh, I should keep some candles in my room just in case the lights yeah. go out and I panic. <laughs> right, and here, let me. I want to show you guys my shirt here. I don't know if you can see. Here, let me bring you down here. Do you see that? <gasps> For the listeners nice. at home, Corey's wearing a shirt with, it's got, it's got balloons on it. And, it, and these, these little puppies are playing with the balloons. <laughs> yeah, they're hush puppies. <laughs> There. No. It's actually, listeners, actually, listeners, it's the Exorcist, but instead of Father Marin, it's the shadow of a T Rex, and it says the T Rexorcist, and it's, it's hilarious because it's a fun, it's a combination of things I love. Well, and I want to, I want to let you know, Julia, the way I, I, the way I got this shirt was, I was writing a script that I've since, I've sent this to Brent, so Brent has this, just a random. I haven't got to read it yet. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a script that I'm writing, and they go onto this movie set. And I needed it to be the most ridiculous movie I could think of, right? So it's got these it's got these very serious actors doing this ridiculous movie. And I thought of yeah. the T Rexorcist, right? So it's it's like Keanu Reeves and who's the uh, who's the woman? Um, oh, like Marianne Cotillard, right? And oh, man, Marianne Cotillard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and she's like, this little girl needs you, you know, T Rexorcist. And he's like, don't call me that. I didn't ask to have my DNA spliced with a prehistoric dinosaur. I can't even hold a cross in these tiny little hands, you know? And she's like, she's like, you know, I know you've got your issues, but that little girl didn't ask to be possessed by a, by an ancient, you know, ghost of a stegosaurus. So she needs, she, she needs more than a good priest. She needs the king of the dinosaurs. Right. So it's just, it's a totally ridiculous scene. So, so I was like, I wonder if anyone else has thought of this, you know, if, if this is a thought someone else has had. So I looked online and I came across this shirt and I was like, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I got to get that shirt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's amazing. And yeah. I can also see Keanu Reeves doing that. Yeah. 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 He'd, be per- he'd be perfect. Yeah. He's the that's only, awesome. he's my John Wick. He is also my T-Rexorcist. The T-Rexorcist. <laughs> I think I always, uh. What is it? It's it's. I guess the scene that I love is um, uh, when Father Karras first comes to the house to meet Reagan, mm-hmm. and like how yeah. I don't know, just like how not cynical, but like just how like this lady is out of her fucking mind. There's <laughs> right. no way 
he's like I, I I love how like he's already in his head thinking of like ten different things this twelve year old girl probably has problems with. Right. And just how sorry if you heard that motorcycle go by. Um uh just how terrified Ellen Burstyn is because by now she's like so shook because yeah. her daughter just willed a wardrobe to like right. go and, at her. And also, she looks terrible yeah, yeah. she's shoved into her daughter's Yeah, she's had there. the fuck beat out of her. Yeah, she's had the shit beat out of her. Like, there's, like, all kinds of people. She does... My mom always has issues with The Exorcist because she's like, why is she shouting at everyone all the time? Because she is always shouting at people. That's true. Jesus Christ! She says, Jesus Christ, like, two dozen times. And it's the same time, same way every time. Jesus Christ! Doesn't he care about his daughter's birthday? Jesus Christ! Why won't nobody listen to me? Jesus Christ! Why is someone helping me? And it's the same way every time. But I think I love it because he walks up there... And he's not, like, terrified of her or anything. He's, like, he sees this girl, like, tied to a bed. And she's got, like, green skin and crazy teeth. And he's like, <laughs> whatever, bitch. I've seen this before. <laughs> it's amazing. No, he yeah. just doesn't give a shit. And she's like, la plume de matata. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Yeah, he's oh, like, yeah, oh, you, you speak Latin? <laughs> And I also love, uh, what is it? Um, this is the one, this is the line my brother always uses when I'm just like, oh, why didn't you, you know, tell your mother-in-law to, you know, fuck off or something. You know, he'll, you know, he'll be like, that would be, oh, what, what's the line? That would be an excessive use of power. That would be a gross display of power. Yeah. <laughs> I like just... <laughs> they were performing the end, the end of the exorcist. The exorcism like they're, they're they're like getting ready it's like the equivalent of like an action movie where they're they're like suiting up and like getting ammo there's and guns and them, like yeah belts. yeah what's the old priest's name again i forget father father uh, Marin. yeah father Marin's like do not succumb to what she says she will be she'll be talking to the height of her psychology and then like the next scene is just like all she does is just like rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> yeah. she's not using her intelligence at all <laughs> no <laughs> she's yeah all she's doing is like knowing i mean to be fair if i walked into a room and a child who did not know me was like quoting my mother and was also like you know saying yeah. stuff that she shouldn't know about me Granted, this is, you know, decades yeah. before social media, so, you know, now it doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, like Karis's face the whole time, he's, like, he's, like, such a novice. He's, like, oh, my God. And Maren's just, like, I'm praying really hard right now. And my accent's super thick. And, oh, my God, I'm such an yeah. old, old, cold man. It's so cold in there. I'm surprised that Max von Sydow does not, like... And you're Break. right, man. He's seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's seen that yeah. shit before. Like when he when he walks in on her for the sucker or something, he just goes no or something. Just, he's, he's like, like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I almost wonder if it like wasn't the same demon he's repelled before. I think there's a prequel with Stellan Skarsgård oh. as Max von Sydow's character because they were like, you know what? Let's get another That's Swedish cool. actor. <laughs> so. <laughs> We can only have a hey, you know what? That's fine with me. Have a Swedish actor there every time. Right, that's, right. that's perfect. <laughs> but um, yeah, they got Stellan Skarsgård to play him, and I vaguely remember that was like the idea was that he had already faced off with, and in the movie it's the devil, but it's in the sequels we find out it's technically a demon named Pazuzu or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so we've so yeah, but the the prequel I 
I feel like I caught the end of it, and it was a lot of like, "Hold on, you'll be all right. Just believe," or some crap like that. <laughs> I don't know, something stupid like that. And so I need to really actually watch it because I do love Stellan Scar. I do love Mia Skarsgård. Right. Um, there's so many of them. <laughs> there's so many of. Oh my God! There's famous ones. There's slightly less famous ones, but they're all amazing actors and they're all <laughs> handsome. It's so annoying. Um, but yeah, yeah. They're all so Swedish. Um, but, uh, I do want to give it a watch cause I do love Stellan Skarsgård and, um, from what I understand, it's not as boring as the sequels to the original Exorcist. Like it's actually a pretty decent prequel. Okay. So I'm, I might, that might be, cool. that might be a watch, um, sometime this October when I do my own personal October movie marathon. You know, we're coming up on time now, Brent. I know you got to put a kid to bed. I feel like we could do a whole other episode on the action. I feel like there's so much to talk about with this movie, but yeah. I, I want to go around real quick and get everybody's head cannons. Uh, do you guys yes. have one you want to touch on or I can start? Doesn't matter to me. You can start if you want. Start it I up. Got, okay. right. I got two ideas. So I, I imagine that father Marin, right? Max von Sydow's character, like he's a badass in these exorcist situations. Right. But I feel like, he applies that same solution to every problem he has. So if he gets like a wrong, his orders wrong at McDonald's, right? He starts like hitting him with holy water. He's like, the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ. Like, I, we can put pickles on it, man. It's not, it's not that big. Like, we can remake your burger. It's you know, it's fine. He's like, he's like trying to rub his cassock or whatever on him. So oh that, that's my headcanon is just that his character is always like that in every situation. Uh, I have, I have two headcanons. One is, um, uh, uh, cause I, they're both have, they both have to do with Greg in, in the beginning before she's possessed. Uh, one is remember when she talks about like how she and Sharon went to the park and they rode that horse all around. Um, yes. I like to think of like, uh, cause, cause we, there's no, like, I, I just like to think that like the, the demon has managed to like manifest itself inside a blade of grass. And it's just like, all right, who hasn't been baptized? All right. Who doesn't attend mass? <laughs> and like, he keeps getting crushed by the horse. Cause like the horse is like riding around. And so this blade of grass, just like, fuck that horse. So like after Reagan goes home, like that horse, like has some kind of crippling attack, uh, like of, of the muscles or something and just dies. So there's a dead horse that we don't know about in Washington DC somewhere. <laughs> And it's and and then then like through that and then of course there's the part because like I guess that's how Reagan gets the demon to come in is through the Ouija board that she finds in the basement. That which, seems to be yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah. Which, that's, which I gotta say yeah. something we didn't mention, but I like it's so simple and it's so effectively fucking creepy. Is that her friend's name is Captain Howdy? I don't like I don't know why, but that is just the creepiest fucking thing. It's yeah. such a chi- it's such a child napper kind of like right. hey I'm Captain Howdy how would you like some candy like it's a very like it should be a str- like a modern child to a right. modern child that'd be very strange it's to like her. it's like that black goat in that witch movie um, oh Black Philip Black Philip that's I a weird name too creepy yeah creepy. <laughs> that's another headcanon is like the twins from from the witch like like mocking Captain Howdy Captain Howdy Captain Howdy Captain Howdy the board yeah. But um, the the headcanon I want to see is uh, when because we see Reagan has already met Captain Howdy when Ellen Burstyn is introduced. Yeah. So I want to see like Reagan meeting Captain Howdy, 
but like she's at a sleepover with all her friends and they're all wearing like frilly pajamas and they're all like doing the thing that all of us girls did when we were doing sleepovers at 11 years old like someone's pushing it right <laughs> someone's pushing this, this finder and so it's but it's reagan that's like finally like no i'll do it but like then it starts to work for reagan right. so I, that would be a headcanon that'd be funny yeah nice. what about you brent what do you think yeah, what's your idea? Well, I definitely like the end. I re- mad respect to the end where like um, the pr- the priest the, the priest and Reagan get like Freaky Friday. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You freaking up for me. I'm not thinking about that one. He made me recognize that he jumped out the window. That's what actually did happen. That's yeah, didn't they get Freaky Friday? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I was possessed. <laughs> I wish I was possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh, you ruined yeah. my favorite movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. But then, yeah. Well, I, I thought of a couple of two, actually. Um, one, I just thought it'd be funny if, if there were like scenes um, after it's all said and done and she's better, Reagan's better, and then like mm-hmm. uh, she, she comes home and, and she says like, damn, and her mom says something like, where did you learn that language? You know? and just, she's got a whole new vocabulary. Right. Now. She's like, I was a fucking demon. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was goddamn Captain Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I thought I was Captain Howdy. I thought it'd be great if, if instead of the the two priests dying, they both they both live. They successfully exercise the demon. Uh-huh. And then it's like at the end of the credit like credits roll and then there's like a marvel cut scene <laughs> and it's them it's them like wearing sunglasses in like the uh the opening scenes of like csi <laughs> where they, like the camera's spinning <laughs> around them and they're performing exorcisms elsewhere yeah! <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> <laughs> one guy's just super old at 44 great, years old that would be a great parody kind of sketch show it's yeah. just like like it's CSI SVU kind of style shows but it's but it's exorcisms <laughs> okay ideas yeah. for shows to write guys oh yeah there you go. yeah I'd watch a shit out of that oh so. yeah no I'm gonna All write right. that sketch for my upcoming sketch show um awesome. yeah next week we're going to be talking about 2016's The Void and as always you can follow us on social media Facebook at Head Cannon Podcast, Instagram at Head Cannon Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod or the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. Well, Juliet, thanks for being with us. Is there anything you want to plug or direct people to social media or anywhere people should follow you or, or you know, library charities they should donate to? Wherever you want to direct listeners, this is your time. So. Um, I, I am a member of the Comedy Pigs. That's at the Comedy Pigs. Uh, we're located in downtown Frederick, Maryland. Uh, we've been doing short form. I say we. Pigs have been doing short form since the early '90s. I was not a member of Pigs in the early '90s. Uh, but we have show. We do have shows this year. If you're in the area and you're vaccinated and have the proof of your vaccination and you are masked, you can buy tickets and come see the show. Um, you can also follow us, uh, on Facebook and all that sort of thing. Um, I keep my Instagram private because I don't like people. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I also, I don't know, go to your local library. We're there for a reason. We are not obsolete because of the internet. No, we are not 
we we are not punk ass book jockeys, as Leslie Nope kindly referred to us on Parks and Rec. We are. <laughs> We are information scientists. Thank right. you very much. <laughs> and you have very clean seriously. bathrooms. And we, and, I, and we do love a clean bathroom. It's not so like, like an Exxon Valdez shit demon. Yeah. Don't do that to us because that, that, that ain't going to be pretty. Nice. Well, but yeah, print. so right now that's that's that. But yeah, um, I'm excited for uh, the next time I'm guessing because I'm going to invite myself back. So just like. Absolutely. You yeah. Know. Oh, you're more I don't than think welcome. Corey changes like, I don't think Corey changes the passwords or the, 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 the links. I, I have no I idea. Yeah, just, just join like us. At just, 7 p.m. on a Monday. Just you jump just in on one, yeah. To bomb, bomb the podcast. I'll be like Justin Timberlake. I just like show up for no reason. I just show up because I'm there. I'm right. famous. Yeah. It's like right. nobody's going to complain. And you, you'll you pull Brent's shirt open and reveal his nipple. Like. Yeah, yeah. Super, yeah, Super Bowl. And then just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I did not mean to do that. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> So I guess our guest is Julia again. <laughs> so like, I guess we'll start writing sketches about how we passive aggressively hate this. <laughs> I think it would uh, be, yeah. be lovely to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you again, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, guys. Brent, it was awesome meeting you, Corey. It was great yeah, connecting with you after so many years. Right? It's been 84 years. <laughs> yeah. That's right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you again. Yeah, let me know what movie. Yeah, we'll do, Julia. Yeah, thank you for, for being a guest. And this has been Head Cannon. Yeah! Oh,